you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of 24-7, formerly of Scout, now all of Locked On. Today's show, we're going to do it. We have a lot of old friend alerts, actually, and that's where we'll start off. We'll talk about the game, and from there, if we have time, we will, for segment three, do that uh, Rule 5 in-depth talk I've been promising. So let's start with the news. Uh, Let's not bury the lead. Well, let's bury the lead, actually. Let's start with the minor stuff and move to the big stuff. So it's been, uh, I was going through the MLB trade rumor site, just a big day in terms of the Cleveland Indians and former players who have had a change in their situation in the last 24 to 48 hours. For instance, Sean Morimondo uh, sent from the Marlins down to AAA. Sean Armstrong from AAA up to the Rays Major League team. Nick Goody signed a Miley contract with the Yankees. And Kaye Tom was designated for assignment for the Pirates which means he might actually come back to the Indians. I don't know. Uh, they may or may decide that they don't want to flip the bill because when you get that player back, it costs 50000 to draft if rules haven't changed. You have to pay 5000 to get that player back. Uh, I thought Tom would do a better job than he has done. It's been a struggle, and he struggled with health and everything else. At this point in time, with all the depth they have in the outfield, they just might figure he's not going to play here anyways. He's approaching minor league free agency. He's probably not going to want to stay in Cleveland because of the glut that they have, uh, they might decide it's just not worth paying the money to get him back. Uh, I'll be curious to see uh, if they pay the 5K or not. I believe that is all it is. But, you know, all those are kind of the appetizers. I'm not sure how many people, because I didn't, you know, I missed this story at first, saw the Clint Frazier news, which is he's been on the disabled list with vertigo and dizziness, and Aaron Boone just came out and said he may never play baseball again. At 26 years of age, I mean, he's had a terrible year. His year has been so bad that, you know, it's a negative war. At the start of the year, he had the higher war for a career than Bradley Zimmer. Zimmer uh, continues to play well, so he's now racing past Frazier, but Frazier had such a miserable year. Before Zimmer even got to the big leagues, uh, uh, Zimmer had taken back that spot. And the reason those two players are always going to be linked is, uh, let's see, were they, was it a back-to-back draft? Uh, I'm trying to think. It might have been. Uh, I got to go dig into the numbers. I feel like, what, Frazier was 2013 and Zimmer might have been 2014. And they came up through the minors at a lot of stops together uh, in Akron together with a number one and number two prospect uh, multiple times in the Indian system. So it, you know, makes sense to compare those two. Uh, and whenever I talk about, you know, five greatest outfielders in Indians history, uh, 90s history, the last 20 years of drafting and developing, it's uh, it's Zimmer and Frazier kind of at that fighting for that fifth spot behind Naquin and Ben Francisco. So they're they're just tied together. It's unfortunate news for Clint Frazier. You don't want to hear that about any 26 year old. I mean, yeah, he got a nice bonus when he signed, being the fourth overall pick in the draft, but he's never even gotten arbitration. Uh, this is a guy who. Yeah, I mean, he's making minimum, but he's not even up in the big leagues the whole time. He's on the 40-man. He hasn't made anywhere near as much as... He's made enough that he can live off of it if he's been responsible, 
But how many people are really responsible when they're making an obscene amount of money and expect the ability to make more? Uh, I'm hoping this all gets figured out, but I mean, it's crazy to say, I mean, the exact quote here is, when asked whether Frazier would play again, obviously he's been through a lot. We'll just try to continue to follow and support him. But as of right now, a holding pattern, I know he feels well, we'll see. Uh, Aaron, and then the, the sentence here, Aaron Boone is concerned that Clint Frazier will be able to play baseball again after the outfielder was pulled from a minor league rehab assignment Monday amid continuing issues with his vision. Uh, just didn't feel good enough to post, and so decided to pull the plug, and we applaud him for making that decision. It's crazy. It's just... You don't expect to see that uh, for someone that young. It's not like necessarily an injury. You know, we're kind of beyond the days of uh, injuries. Uh, career-ending injuries don't happen all that often, but they can happen. Uh, but it's not really an injury. It's more of a condition. I did miss some other minor moves. Uh, Heath Hembry was designated for assignment, and then old, you know. Uh, the whole this whole part is old friend alert. Uh, Mike Freeman, you might be shocked to hear, cleared waivers and was assigned to AAA by the Reds. Uh, that's that's kind of the list of names. Like I said, it's been a busy 48 hours for former Indians across the league. Uh, we're gonna take a quick sponsor break here, and then you know I know it's a little bit early in the show. But we're just gonna take it now so you can come come back and spend a little bit more time talking about the game. Uh, talking about Indians win. So Spotify green room. Uh, I've been talking about the mad thinker in there. Uh, most Saturday nights uh, we can get a bit long winded. Sometimes people hop in and out. Uh, it's fun. I've I've talked with other fans in there throughout. Uh, the thing is, the tech can be a little funky. I'll just give you that warning right now. It is kind of, especially if you're like me and an Android user, it's still in beta format. But go check out green room for yourself. We've gotten some interesting inside dirt from people who used to be in baseball who have popped into the chat and talked. Uh, I talked about before the draft. I just sat there and uh, tried to record a whole podcast. Quality was not good enough to keep, but I did a 60-round mock top of my head. Uh, I talked about uh, former Indians who played in Japan with one person. Uh, discussed Bobby Bradley's breakout with another. You never know what you're going to come upon, who you're going to meet, who you're going to talk to. It's a fun experience. Go check out the Spotify green room for yourself, and you can join me in there on Saturday nights. If you follow me, it'll give you an alert and be like, hey, Jeff Ellis is currently hosting a room, uh, and then you can just hop in and join the fun. So let's now dig into this game today. What a performance by Eli Morgan. Uh, three stars in this game I think are really easy. I, I don't even think you have to debate that off the top. It's it's Morgan, it's Karen Trock, and it's Daniel Johnson. Uh, can you make a case? I understand. Yeah, uh, Ramos technically got an RBI. Oh man, having him hit fourth, like he's not even playing that well. I'm starting to have some issues with the Marlowe. Uh, he is going starting to be even more old school than Tito. Between yesterday's game, like, well, no, we're not. We couldn't use our closer. It's not a save situation. Like, no, no, go with your best high-leverage reliever in a high-leverage situation. Uh, putting Ramos in the four spot, ugh. And then what's Ramos do when the bases are loaded but hits into a double play? Uh, luckily, you got no outs at the time, so you at least got one run across. 
but boy, oh boy, uh, you know, I was debating, but we'll we'll just start with the the story, which is Eli Morgan six innings, three hits, two walks, one balk, six eight strikeouts, no earned runs. Shaw came in and feel like he is just pitching in every game right now, uh, but he pitched well, one inning, one hit. Trevor Steffen, ugly. Uh, came in, faced three dudes, walked all three of them. He is starting to, I don't know if he's overthinking, I don't know what's going on, but it has not been the strongest for him. So Karen Chalk enters, bases loaded, nobody out. Uh, massive credit to him that he only allowed one inherited runner to score. That's that's a strong performance by him. He gets a strikeout, uh, you know, gets uh, a ground out. He did his more than his job. Uh, you're lucky with the bases loaded and nobody. Well, you know the Indians had the bases loaded, nobody out, and they only got a run. So uh, that's just the story of the game in general. Class A lowering that ERA to one six four. Uh, man, he is he's unfair. I know he has. He, you know we sit there and we think about oh the games he blew or when he had his ups or downs and it's like. Uh, before Karen Chalk got busted for, you know, well, not busted. He was never officially busted. But before his game drastically changed after they started enforcing the rules on sticky substances, and there's debate about that closer situation, Class A hasn't had any, I don't know if he's had an ERA over two the entire year. He has been utterly dominant. Uh, he's just been great there. <laughs> it's one of those, should I pull the Paul Doylen, Doylen? No, Dolan line. Uh, enjoy him. You know, one inning, two strikeouts right there. Uh, I've talked about two of the three stars with Karen Chalk. You know, I, I've been roasting him over hot coals of late, so you got to give him major credit. This was, hopefully this is uh, something he can hang his hat on. I've talked about before, like, the sticky stuff made him a top five reliever in baseball. He may not be a top five reliever in baseball. He can still be a very good reliever. He can still be a solid reliever. And that is why uh, you want to see him try to figure things out. Man, the other side of things, the two errors for the Twins. I mean, I, I gave the Twins massive credit. You know, I, I like to point out when I get things right and wrong. Because I thought signing on Triton Simmons was a smarter decision than signing Marcus Simeon. That's right, I'll repeat it again. I thought Andrelton Simmons was a better deal than Marcus Simeon. Because, uh, you know, Simmons had okay contact numbers as an elite defender and cost significantly less. Where Marcus Simeon had one good year and after you know, every other year's career, he'd been slightly below average. Yeah, not uh, freezing cold take, right? Uh, Simmons, 11th error of the year. Multiple, I believe we had to miss. I only missed at least once uh, due to COVID. Uh, he's he's not defending well. He's not. Uh, he's definitely not hitting. I, I don't know what he is going to get. It was a one-year contract for him. I don't know what the market for him is going to be. Teams always need shortstops, but what do you do when a guy isn't doing anything? Uh, I'm going to go pull up his uh, baseball savant numbers just to see if like uh, the defensive score. No, see, his outs above average is still 99. So he's still, yeah, a lot of errors, but he's still doing that. He does not strike out uh, his whiff and K percentage. But barrel percentage, one. Oof. So that means he's the lowest expected weighted on base percentage first. And um, we're getting, uh, you know, I grew up, was it Ray, Ray, Ray Ardonez, Ray Sanchez? I can't remember the shortstop with the Mets, but that's what Simmons is turning into. This guy who struggled to hit 200 but was 
an elite defender, Simmons is still defending great. So in spite of the high error count, you know, he'll still get a contract somewhere. I just don't think he's going to get even what he got this past season. Indian side of things, uh, you know, Zimmer gets another hit. Now up to a 251 batting average, 730 OPS. Uh, who reached base twice in this one? Well, the Indians had no walks. That's that's interesting right there. So your only player to reach, reach twice is Daniel Johnson with two hits, one of those being the two-run home run off of Bailey Ober, which is part of the reason why he's a player of the game, on top of Wilson Ramos uh, grounding into that double play with the bases loaded. Again, he gets credit for an RBI there, uh, even though that is the worst possible outcome. He also had a pass ball. Again, uh, the catching situation for the Indians is just, it is a hot mess. Uh, I was all about trading for Jacob Stallings at the deadline, trying to turn three prospects into one solid player. Uh, They got to figure out catcher. Honestly, uh, I'll state it again. I would be content if they let that entire room go in this offseason, unless you can get some kind of like I would honest, I would approach Hedges about like a three-year contract that pays him two and a half million a year. It's like here you get stability. We don't have to give you raises. We both know what you are, and see if you take like if he's willing to take that, I I do that, uh, and keep him as more of like a forty percent play type of guy just due to his defensive value. But they got to do something. Like if they do have a little bit, hopefully get that minority ownership that's been talked about. If they can get the ability to spend a little bit of money you know try to figure it out you look at the other side of things look at this minnesota team ryan jeffers and mitch garber embarrassment of riches uh, again stallings might be the most interesting catcher you can go out and acquire on the market but it's just it's a disaster zone for this team right now positionally uh let's see jose ramirez had a double that's your only extra base hit so they had uh seven hits two errors uh, in terms of their opportunity, you know, reaching base. So that gives them nine opportunities. Uh, Twins only managed four hits in this one. You know, one off of Shaw, three off Morgan. And, uh, you know, well, that's seven innings there. But Karen Chalk and Class A did not allow a single hit uh, in their roles. But they did squeak out five walks, three in an inning. So you go five walks, four hits. That gives them the nine opportunities. I'm not going to kind of balk because you don't... It advances a runner, but it, it'd be like counting a stolen base. They did have one of those as well. So, I mean, four and five is nine. Seven and two, nine. Equal opportunities. The Indians have three runs. Minnesota has one. Uh, and part of the reason was, while well, Morgan gave up three, and by the way, only three hits in six innings, spectacular. There was not an extra base hit for the Twins in this one. Uh, that's a huge difference. I mean, obviously, when one team has no extra base hits and the other team gets a home run in a tight game like this, that's why part of the reason Danny Johnson's player of the game and that ability is also part of the reason why I hope we see more of him. Uh, I was going to, at the start of the show, I did have uh, one uh, mailbag question that I missed from yesterday. So I'm just going to put this at the end of the show, at the end of this segment here. From at J underscore Giles underscore 77, Jason Giles. If Zimmer plays the rest of the year like he has played the last month, is he your starting right fielder going into 2022? Yes. Uh, I don't think it's even up for debate. If he keeps hitting and playing the way he has played uh, over this last month, 
I mean, what he's done over the last month is a borderline all-star. If he regresses a bit, he's still going to be quite good. Uh, not going to call out names. You know, I had someone on Twitter be like, you know, he's not even as good as Naquin was two years ago. I'm like, Naquin was a bad defender. Like, that's, that's, you know, let's not forget that Metrics did not like him as a defender. Uh, and Naquin is like the king of inconsistency. Have you checked in on, on our old friend Tyler Naquin of late? Uh, remember when he was on that torrid pace to start the year? Remember when he did that like two or three times with the Indians? Uh, remember how it was all the chatter in the early goings? Well, now his runs created plus is under 100. He has a, a lower runs created plus than Brad Zimmer and with a negative defense score. So his runs created plus is now down to a 98. Zimmer's is, uh, was a 102 last time I checked. So and he has gone ice cold. He might get released at some point by the Reds. He may not finish the year with them because they have so many outfielders. So that was kind of a silly statement to go and look at that and, and claim that for sure he would be better uh, for a guy who's got, he's enough to 400 games in the big leagues, 1400 plate appearances, and has been slightly below league average with terrible defensive metrics. So below average bat, below average defender. I'm going to take the guy who's a below average bat plus defender uh, if that is what comes. And then also the loop low stuff where uh, some people just love loop low. I, I'll admit he was never my guy. I always thought that like trying to get him to uh, hit against right-handers was a fool's errand. And you can't really ignore the fact that this is a guy who was consistently inconsistent. He had that great year, but it was not great to start. He caught fire and then stayed on fire and ended up having a fantastic year in 2019. But every time he was asked to hit against both, you know, lefties and righties, uh, it was it didn't work. His defense was bad. Zimmer is is definitely the the preferable player right now. Not to throw shade at anyone in their opinions, but I am constantly boggled by. There is definitely a feeling for me of people who just they got so annoyed with Zimmer. And, I mean, I called for uh, Zimmer to be designated for assignment at the start of July. You can go back and find that podcast. I'm not going to deny that. I I thought he was done. I just, it wasn't happening. Uh, Luckily, I am not running the Indians. He finally got an opportunity that was consistent. He settled in, and he's looked very good. He's looked like the guy who was a top 100 prospect and was there for a reason. I don't know if, if some of the struggles and everything else and the injuries are shading people. But, you know, the, the Harold Ramirez, the Jordan Luplos, the Tyler Naquins, to sit there and say any of those guys are better than him when they have long track records of mostly mediocrity uh, is kind of silly. Like, it's not like these are for sure good players. It's not like these are for sure starters. None of them are. Uh, I'm not even saying Zimmer is. But uh, the one thing he destroys all those guys in his defense and at least there's one trait he has that you know is going to give an above average production and yes that one year Naquin and Luplo were great together uh, but it was one year and then after that neither of them could stay healthy and uh, or stay consistent and they've both been inconsistent that's why the Indians decided not to offer one arbitration and were more than okay for trading one for a really interesting pitching arm uh, I got really off topic uh, on this one Great game by the Indians. A win. 
Uh, if we go over to our old friends at Tankathon, which is not really a place we necessarily go for uh, the Indians <laughs> in years past, the interesting thing right now with all of this is because the Mets didn't sign Kumar Rocker, they are they get the 11th pick no matter what. With the loss today, the Twins are now with the ninth pick in the draft. Colorado's at 10, Detroit 12, Cleveland 13. So Cleveland would be 12th if the Mets had signed Rocker. Uh, if the Indians are, you know, it's not a huge, huge gap. There is a chance the Indians, if they fall apart, which I don't think they're going to do, but if they really fell apart, could end up with the top 10 pick in this draft. Uh, the Mets are currently a half a game ahead of the Indians, uh, as are the Angels. So maybe this is a bit morbid on the Indian season, just talking about the game itself and what's going on here. But it seems like there's a chance to maybe have a top 10 pick, and there's also a chance that this team will pick uh, just in terms of closeness of range, you know, early, uh, you know, 11, 12, early teens, maybe all the way to mid-teens, uh, to possibly late teens, but I think that'd be a lot harder to get to, to get to 17 or 18 range. They're going to be picking in the teens, though, for the first time in a very long time. The last time this team picked in the teens was... Will Benson they actually had back-to-back years with Benson and Brady Aiken in 16 and 15. Having the list in front of me here, uh, Bradley Zimmer and uh, Frazier were back-to-back in terms of draft year 13 and 14. And the last, okay, last five picks in the teens, just to maybe, it's a depressing grouping, let's be honest here. Will Benson, uh, you know, he's got a chance. Brady Aiken hasn't pitched in like three years. Uh, next up, Tyler Naquin, who, hey, he's still like the fourth best outfielder the Indians have draft signed or developed in the last 20 years. Uh, Alex White. Oh, yeah, I did forget old friend alert, uh, Drew Pomeranz uh, is requiring season-ending surgery that affect the uh, the Diamondbacks. And then Bo Mills is your fifth one. Uh, if you want to go six, Trevor Crow, uh, Brad Snyder, Dan Denham. Should I keep going until we get to someone who was who was uh, a useful major leaguer? Jared Wright was ten, so that doesn't count. Uh, Darren Kirkwright was eleven, or you know, teens. Uh, Calvin Murphy Murray, who they did not sign, that's Kyler's uh, uncle in the ni- great nineteen eighty nine draft. Have the Indians never had a pick in the teens? That uh, Charles Nagy, nineteen eighty eight. There you go. They might have had one pick in the teens. Uh, that turned into a useful major league player. That's kind of crazy when you look at the long history of the draft. But yeah, I'm kind of feeling confident in terms of looking at who they have signed uh, through the years, trying to, now in general, it's a low hit rate in the first round. But yeah, uh, Charles Nagy is the one player in the teens that they have drafted who went on to have, uh, they, we're not going to even say signed, just drafted, who went on to have a good career uh, as an everyday player while drafted in the teens. So hopefully that'll change next year because that is likely where the Indians will be drafting. Uh, way off track. Let's take another commercial break here and come back and talk some Rule 5 and 40-man. So Bill Barr is one of our sponsors. You know I love him. If you've ever been on the fence, now is the time. They're doing their biggest sale. Like I nearly went and bought the double chocolate. The reason I did not buy the double chocolate is I have four boxes upstairs and I want to uh, still have a wife who is not angry at me for having too many boxes of Bilt Bar, but you should go right now. I mean, honestly, it is a great product. It's $29.99 a box right now, which is the cheapest you're ever going to get. Plus, often, 
I, you know, I haven't double checked this, so, but you can, in the past, you've been able to still use the promo code LOCK15 and get an additional 15% off. So that's what, $450 off? So you're looking at $25 a box. Uh, I don't know off the top of my head how many bars in a box, but I'm telling you, it's a good deal because it is a delicious bar that is good for you. It gets A grades in my health food app and it just tastes good. Go to BuiltBar.com today. You're not going to regret it. Uh, some of the flavors are already selling out. You know, they talked about having everything there on sale. Uh, some are already gone. Go check it out for yourself. Now is the time. If you've never gone there, go now. It's a product I buy with my own money. BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCK15 if you can. But either way, go buy now. This is the best deal you're going to get on that product. BetOnline.ag is our other official sponsor. And, you know, yesterday's game, if you had listened to my advice, and if I had as well, we'd all be making some money from that Monday game where I said, take the Indians. Uh, take the Indians in the run and a half. Went into extras. It was a close affair. And uh, if you had taken the Indians at a run and a half, you, you could have made some money on that one. Let's see what I think about the matchup uh, for the Twins. Remember, when you do go to bet online, if you are going to make a deposit over there, you want to use the promo code Locked On to get a 50% bonus. Put in 100, you're getting 50. You know, go check it out for yourself. Let's see what this matchup is for Wednesday. Uh, specifically, you know, the Indians don't play Thursday, so there's not a matchup to talk about in regard to that. And I am scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. I don't see the Indians in here. So I guess we can't put together a line for the game tomorrow. There just is not a matchup. I, I'm like 99% sure the Indians do play tomorrow against the Twins. Uh, Plesak is facing uh, Brain Fart. Let's see, uh, Lewis Thorpe. You can't bet on that one. There's plenty of other things you can go over and bet on. And hey, sometimes they give you amazing ones. Like I said, we all could have made some nice money on Monday. Uh, let me know if you did. Let me know if you jumped on that. Like I was very tempted to do when I saw a line that seemed too good to be true. I will always be going and looking at the lines for the show and giving you ones like that. That is the first time I have ever said on the show, I should probably go and put money. This is unbelievable. We should have all listened. Hopefully you did. Let me know if you did. And uh, let me know if you went to betonline.ag using that promo code locked on and then took my betting advice and made a few bucks. So let's, let's talk some Rule 5. So the Indians currently have 39 players on their 40-man roster. You might think that's great. Well, right now what's not counted on that is Shane Bieber, Aaron Savali, and Josh Naylor. Uh, players on the 60-day disabled list do not count against your 40-man disabled uh, Do not count to your 40-man roster during the season. They're all going to need to be added back on. Savali and Bieber, like before the end of the year, Naylor at some point this offseason. Looking at this team, so we add one on. They're going to have to remove someone from the 40-man. And you, it's interesting to go up and down the list and try to spot where that could be uh, for this team right now. I, I'm not entirely sure I know. I, I don't know if there's someone who is screaming to be the uh, replacement. i got to think it's a decent chance that uh, with the sheer number of arms on this roster, that it could be one of the arms that goes off could be Alex Young if they decide that, you know, he was just added in as a, a waiver claim when they had two open spots. It could be a temporary thing. Uh, Trevor Steffen's really struggled of late. I don't know how tied they are to him. Cam Hill has come back. 
He hasn't pitched a ton. I don't know. He's that guy where you take him off now and see if you can pass him through waivers. And then you don't necessarily have to put him on your 40-man at the end of the year. Like, you could play the waiver game with Cam Hill. Uh, And then the names of the players that they definitely have to keep are names that we have talked about many times this year. So Richie Palacios, who's... Or Palacios. I don't think I need to go more in depth. Uh, Brian Rocoyo having a great time since he's been promoted to double a brian levistita another guy who's really excelled in double a cody morris he i wouldn't be shocked if he pitched in cleveland this year i mean it'd be a little bit surprising but he's gonna see cleveland sometime next year connor pilkington they liked him enough to target him they liked him enough to trade in the division for a player that they knew the white Sox were likely keeping for more than one year they liked pilkington george valera ty freeman big name prospects and the last two guys, Joey Cantillo, has not pitched all year. They've added starters before, even when they miss time due to injury. Sometimes, thanks to injuries, it's easier to slide a guy through, or uh, teams are more likely to select because it's easier for them to then uh, keep that player on the 40-man and and do some shenanigans. And Jose Tenya, who is past Aaron Braca, Bracho, um, my maybe list is just names to know, like Oscar Gonzalez, Robert Broom, Jose Fermin, Steve Kwan, Will Benson, Adam Scott, Aaron Bracho, and Jonski Noel. They're doing everything they can with Noel, just leaving him where he is to lower the rods. They're trying to get the percentages as low as possible. And then the players of note, Alex Call, Trenton Brooks, Ramon Burgos, Alex Free Planes, Jonathan Rodriguez. I think I've talked about this list. So the Indians have 10 guys there. They need to add two more to the roster. That means 12 roster spots. So how do we get to 12 roster spots if we are the Cleveland Indians? If I am in charge of this team, where do I get 12 roster spots from? Cam Hill is likely one of the players. In his time, he was okay. He wasn't necessarily great when he was in the big leagues. That's a spot for me. Uh, So now we're down to 11 spots we have to go through. Well, Blake Parker and Brian Shaw will be free agents. So that gets you from 11 to 9. Wilson Ramos is a will be a free agent. Get you down to 8. And I think that's all the free agents. So we're sitting there at 8 right now. Right, the need to find 8 more spots. So just going at the top. Henches, Logan Allen, and JC Mejia are all out of options. Mejia is the one I think has a chance to work in the bullpen. Henches and Allen do not. I do not think long-term. Me, personally, I mean, I see if there's any trade market at all. If there isn't, I am moving on from both Henches and Allen. Uh, So that is, you know, down to six spots. I've been the biggest Yu Chen Chang fan, but he is out of options. Ernie Clement has been playing over him more of late. He has more value as a backup and speed guy. Chang's value is more like letting him play every day and tap into his above-average power. With him being out of options, I move on from Chang, so that gets me to five. Roberto Perez is set to make $7 million. I do not pay him that. Uh, I'm willing to talk with him and even consider bringing him back at a lower cost later on, but I'm going to not pick up his option. So that gets us down to four. For me personally, like I said, I think you know, Straw, he's set in your outfield. I think Zimmer is definitely out there. Naylor, you're hoping. 
there's a chance you know next year they kind of look at it as a, a Zimmer Naylor straw outfield if Naylor can come all the way back. So at this point in time, needing to get rid of four, Oscar Mercado is one that I immediately say goodbye to. So that's three more to go. Harold Ramirez is interesting, but not enough to keep. If I'm going to keep a Daniel Johnson and I'm going to add the other outfielders, that gets me down to two. Where do you find two more spots is the big question. Going through this team, it's like I look on the infield. I, I mean, unless you want to cut down Owen Miller, Ernie Clement, or Bobby Bradley, it's hard to find a spot. I've already cut two of the three catchers. Uh, Alex Young's an interesting guy. I think Nick Wetgren is someone else I say goodbye to because he's going to get more expensive. He has not been good this year. Uh, they paid him $2 million this year. He'd be in line for a raise even with the performance that opens one spot for the final spot to clear everyone and get this team over the hump. Oh, see, this is where it gets super hard for me. It's just going through and looking at... I'm not the biggest Justin Garza guy. He is struggling a little bit of late. Uh, I don't know if a team claims him because he's, you know, speaking of not big, he's not. He's a five foot ten right-hander that's massively undersized for most. He'd be a tempting candidate for me right now. Kyle Nelson, I really liked him two years ago. I don't think you add Francisco Perez to let him go. Alex Young is a possibility. And Daniel Johnson would be the other player. So just looking at all of those. Yeah, what everyone wants is someone breathing heavily on the mic. I know, I apologize. Based on what we're seeing here, it would not be Nelson. So it's either going to be Garza or Young. I try to pass Garza through. We, you already know that Young won't. Uh, Arizona, who's potentially will have uh, the worst the top pick in this draft couldn't get young through waivers lefties are harder to pass through than undersized righties so garza you know he's not he started out it's a limited opportunity and the last few outings have not been good and if that's the last bits people really see of him it'll make him less likely to be uh, lost when he has to clear waivers uh, and again just his size makes it more you know again just playing the percentages that's what you have to do going a little long again so we're just going to wrap it up tell me what you think Tell me uh, your feedback or thoughts. Hit us up on the Twitter to send me questions, and I'll sprinkle those in throughout the week as well. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Lockdown Indians Podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. That really helps our show grow. Thank you for listening. And for the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians.